classified. You see, my identity must remain mysterious and my mission secret. If I told you that, I'm afraid I'd have to kill you. I'd like to see you try. I can explain. TMI. TMI, my friends. Yeah, the ever-mysterious Rafael Rashid here with this morning's interest. Good morning. Good morning, Alex. You're not really that mysterious, but <laughs> your intro there does make you seem like the man of mystery. And you do I shed wish. light on all sorts of issues going deeper in this segment to scrutinise noteworthy happenings. It's actually a very sad context today as we um, reflect on the circumstances surrounding the tragic suicide years ago of Zhang Jiayun. Um, we're not going to talk directly about the case in question we're going to talk about witnesses, though, mm. to the case um, and witness protection, which has been heavily criticised as being insufficient. Yeah, indeed. I mean, it's obviously very sad to reflect on anybody's death, especially the death of someone who felt like they had nothing to live for after being apparently abused repeatedly in the case of Chang Jiayun. Right. And now, and now we've got the reinvestigation that's going forward and... Uh, one witness in particular who who has come forward, who was uh, Zhang Jiayun's friend and colleague. Um, and she's been in the news recently because um, she's been given witness protection here in Korea. But uh, recently she's criticized the police that her protection was um, completely insufficient. We'll talk about the system itself in a moment. Can you give us more details about this specific issue, though, the the, the police mishandling? Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, just last week, uh, so we have, um, she's called Yoon Jiyo. So she was a friend uh, and colleague of the late actress. Um, and she's been in Korea for a few weeks now, um, come to give uh, evidence or uh, witness statements in the reinvestigation case. And... Um, she uh she she she's in a safe house uh, under police protection um but apparently according and she was given um a, yeah this special uh temporary accommodation but the other day she says that uh, the location tracking device that was given to her by the police and also an emergency call smartwatch uh, just did not work. She felt threatened, and um, she tried to call the police, <clears throat> but it didn't didn't work. She she heard what was it? A suspicious noise coming from outside. Right. So she she says that she heard um, uh, a mechanical piercing noise coming from the wall, and also from the ceiling in the bathroom. And she says that air vents were broken deliberately, and the door lock was suddenly broken, and she found traces of a fluid on the door frame and she had like i said it's this kind of smartwatch where you press and the police should come but she pressed three times and they didn't come and she had to disorganize then her own security yeah i mean so because she feels quite threatened she's uh, organized her own private security 24 hours a day well that was at least up until a few uh, days ago. And she was uh, so desperate that she uploaded a petition to the Blue House website, uh, which garnered over 200,000 signatures in, I think it was less than 24 hours. And 200,000 is the number required for a government response. And has the government responded? Well, I mean, to be honest, uh, I'm not too sure um, 
whether the Blue House can say anything, uh, you know, apart the fact that these are police matters. Um, They but, can put a bit of pressure on yeah, the police, though. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the petition did put put a lot of uh, spotlight on her, on her, on the case, and it, ca- it caused a lot of noise in the media over the weekend. So I think it was the next day, uh, Monday, I think, uh, the police apologized for not responding, saying that there was some kind of technical and human errors involved. Uh, that's why they didn't come so quickly, uh, even though it was nine, at least nine or ten hours later. Um, and so they, they replaced her tracking and emergency equipment and they've moved her to another location and they've also provided her with um, five female police officers protecting her in rotation round the clock, including one senior police officer. Really sounds almost like a movie. And you can imagine the horror of pressing that device and no one coming. If that had turned out to be right. a serious threat to her personal well-being, this story could have been even more sinister um, and some might think well this sounds like paranoia uh, let's just remember that for years when these women were com- you know talking about the threats that they were facing and the abuse they were going through they were dismissed they weren't taken seriously enough it's it's in the post me too era that their claims have been taken far more seriously w- what sort of threats are we talking about that that Yunjiu has faced after going public well i mean previously when she was in so now she's she's been living in canada for quite a while because she says she had to flee korea because she felt so threatened and she says that she was followed by people in the street and recently you know words such as kidnap have been floating around um who knows what threats uh, she could face could have faced well we know on april fool's day there was a very distasteful uh, message about her that was doing the rounds it, and it yeah, okay, it wasn't a direct threat in itself necessarily, but it, it kind of revealed that there's this feeling against her. Yeah, I mean, uh, malicious feeling. It, whatever it is, uh, I, I, I mean, I personally believe that these threats are real. I, actually, I mean, this is a bit of a side story, but I worked um, a few years. It was in 2012 on a documentary um, about <laughs> exposing the dirty side of K-pop and the entertainment industry in in Korea and. It was for a British broadcaster and we talked to several uh, industry insiders and when we mentioned allegations of abuse within the industry, uh, such as rape, um, they told us to not look any further in, in such matters and they said that if we did, we risked putting our own safety um, at risk. Um, and they, yeah, they said it was very dangerous for us to dig into these kind of things and that we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into and that you know, hitmen could appear. Was, I don't know, it was quite scary. And Well, thankfully, today, hopefully, the environment is far more dangerous for the perpetrators of these appalling acts of abuse. Right. And so, you know, there is legitimate concern here and there, is, there are legitimate reasons for uh, police protection in general. I mean, not just this case, but... Any, any witness or a victim who feels under threat. Um, you know, and these days, uh, the police, you know, they, they do offer these services. They actually offer up to five days of temporary accommodation um, to people who are, um, to victims of, of potential crimes. But actually, it's, it turns out that a lot of them only use these temporary accommodations for just one day. Um, one, yeah, one out of the f- potential five days, and the use of temporary accommodation provided by the police. Um, you know, the reason why that 
people use only just one day is simply because of uh, a budget shortage. Um, and with this uh, whole police fiasco surrounding the you know, in a, in inadequate protection for uh, Yunjiyo, um, you know, critics are saying that we have to just change the entire system, uh, overhaul the entire system of, of victim protection. Um, yeah, and police have very limited uh, budgets these days, so they cannot afford to, to pay for everyone, basically. You would hope that, especially in high-profile cases where there are so many people who have been raising opinions on all sides, there would be a budget available. But also in the cases we don't hear about, what what ha- what should happen next? I mean, can you address some of the other aspects of this? Yeah, I mean, uh, so, you know, the, the yeah, like I said, the problem is there is a lot of insufficient budget and... Uh, you know, this insufficient budget leads to the inability to provide sufficient safety services to victims who need this temporary accommodation support. The case of uh, Yunjio is quite unique because it's quite a, a high-profile case. So, in a way, she's in a safer position now, perhaps, even though she's getting more scrutiny, she's getting the attention that hopefully right. will lead to her safety. But, but we need to have a system that protects people without that publicity. Yeah, exactly. And uh, unfortunately, police say that funds for this year will dry out sometime in September, October, and have even asked local uh, police officers to refrain from handing out temporary accommodation because of these budgetary constraints. Yeah. Do you know, um, it's a slightly different issue, but reflective of the policing, an incident I recently directly encountered through my family in Itaewon. Mm -hmm. Our older daughter's been working in a store there, and she popped out to the bank, and her co-worker was there on her own, and... Um, someone from the establishment upstairs came down in a fit of anger complaining about something and struck her on the face mm. and then threatened my daughter. And my wife spoke to the police and, and they said, well, what do you expect us to do? Um, we can't protect them. Because um, my wife was just inquiring, has the woman been released from custody? Is she going to be a threat again? And mm. they said, I, 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 they just, their best advice was don't you know, have her leave that job. And, and I just thought, to be honest, with the police station directly opposite where this establishment is, that it was a bit of a, a weak response. Even, in the, you know, if this is the attitude across the police force, I know we've not had to deal with as much violent crime in Korea as other places. Th- these issues entwine and we need to better protect our, our young women, our young men and, and anyone who might be considered right. vulnerable, I mean, Raphael. The, 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 the budget the police has has been the same for the past uh, five or six yeah. years. And but if you're on duty anyway, you don't need an extra budget to walk across the street <laughs> and make sure things are all right every yeah, now exactly. and then, right? So it's attitude and budget, perhaps. Although, you know, these are individual circumstances and we take that into consideration. For now, Rafael Rashid with TMI, thank you. Thank you. And that is our show for today. We'll be back tomorrow, 7.05, with our producer, Christina Saar, our writers, Che Kyung-mi, Im Young-ju and Leah Young. Yerika Park is next after your latest news headlines.